Hello and welcome to It's In The Genes podcast, a podcast by The Digital Gene. My name is Declan. And I'm Sharon. And we're a mum and son duo and directors from The Digital Gene. Today we'll be discussing, other, as well as what we've been up to and other general thoughts, we will dive into the major website breakdown that happened this, was that this week? Yeah, this it week. It feels like longer ago, um, but yes, it was this week. An Ofcom article that says, the pandemic has accelerated UK the UK shift online, has, in brackets, pretends to be shocked. Um, the traffic light system for holidays, how swearing is on the increase. And then, so they were all my topics, and then I asked mum to add one. So I'm guessing she's added it from the discussion we had last episode about how to tell your parents that, that gender pronouns matter. You've done a bit of googling yourself, have you? I, I, I think it probably popped up somewhere for me. Um, I don't listening. I don't think it googled. You know the old listening thing. I don't think I googled it, um, or maybe somebody shared it on LinkedIn. I can't remember. Um, but also a conversation, a message that you'd sent me from your friend explaining it a little bit more to me, um, and yeah, just that uh, continuing process of trying to educate myself okay well we'll get back into that a bit later and then in the business bit section we're going to discuss kind of ethics in your business um aware of when you're growing how to grow in a socially conscious way you know, how do you retain your values um do you only work with clients that have got a sim- similar value set to you all that kind of thing and we are going to do that this week um because last time our topics ran over that much but i'm going to keep us to a Keep her, what am I saying? Like, keep us regimented and on time. Um, oh, you were that person who does all of that behind the scenes, aren't you? Yeah. We are having another go at recording the podcast. Um, so you will be able to see when we tell each other to wrap up and move on. Um, but hopefully, I mean, I did mention this months ago, but hopefully this will be a recording on our on the Digital Genes YouTube channel as well. So we'll see. And we'll be able to clip it up crossed. and use long LinkedIn content finally and look really insightful like we're such thought leaders that we are. Um, just look insightful. Well, be the, thought, be, the, be the thought leaders that we think we are. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, darling. So how are you? Warm. Warm. I know. I don't want to <laughs> complain, no, because all I did was complain in May about how it was raining all the time. And now... I don't want to complain that it's warm, but last night was muggy, wasn't I think, it? I think, I, the, I think the evening before was worse. Oh, last night it was worse here in Leeds. It was like there was no, it was oppressive. <laughs> um, oppressive. It was, it was. It was like I was walking to meet my friends for dinner and it was only like a 15-minute walk and I wasn't walking particularly fast and I was soaking <laughs> When I got there, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's not. Right. I always think, why our heat doesn't, no, seem, doesn't seem to be a nice heat anymore. It seems to be. Do you remember that holiday in Mexico? Whereas the minute I mean, we, what? the minute we put a foot outside of the air conditioning, it was just like. I mean, if you if you if you'd done any, you know, this hair this hairdo at the minute 
would probably have just gone. Um, yeah, it feels a bit like that. The word that you use, muggy, it's very, very muggy. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. Yeah, and what one me one of my friends suggested it was like could do with a good downpour. Yeah, and that's often what happens, isn't it? We did we did yeah. have a tiny, tiny bit of rain here last night. Um, mm. Didn't didn't last very long, but yeah, we did have it. It's lovely. It's summertime. That's part of it. The unfortunate thing about summertime is you have to work. End of end of, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, if we could all if we could all be outside doing the things that we want to do, we love summertime. Although I wonder especially with everyone shifting a bit more to remote working and flexible working. I do wonder if it's nice weather, if offices will be quieter, because mm-hmm. I tried out a co-working space last week, which is when it was one of the first hot days. And I was the on in the afternoon, I was the only one in the co-working spot. Mm. And all morning, there was just me and one other. And I was, I was thinking, I thought, oh, I wonder if it's the nice weather people are, you know, mm-hmm. out and about still. Or staying at home and working from the garden. Um, Don't you think that's the great thing about it? I was chatting to somebody else earlier, you know, that that it's given us the opportunity now to do things differently. The way that many people, us included, have wanted to do things for a long time. You know, there's nothing wrong. And I was chatting about it when I was out for um, lunch yesterday with a friend uh, a friend actually in real life. How amazing was that? The first first sort of lunch date I'd had. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was fab, asking me what I've been doing as well. Um, but we were saying there's, you've got KPIs to me, you've got targets to me. There's nothing wrong with doing your work later on in the day or doing it of an evening when hopefully it's cooled down or, you know, if you want to take your kids out, because the weather's yeah. nice, like make the most of it. Life is short, really, and we're cooping mm-hmm. ourselves up working. I know we've got the bills to pay, but does it really matter when or where we do it, providing we do it and we deliver? Yeah, very true. Very yeah. true. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll keep saying that. I'll keep, I'll keep singing from that hymn sheet because I truly believe it, and that's the type of business that we are trying to grow and develop, isn't it? It certainly is. I am. Um, yeah. What was going to say? Um, but the the nice weather was really well timed for my. Well, the second weekend I've had now, which felt a lot more like normality in the lakes. Just the weekend gone, um, the weather was just amazing. So, so good. The photographs yeah. were fantastic. Oh, it was it was just beautiful. Yeah, and I'm enjoying this kind of getting backish to not the new normal but i'll pose you this question just your opinion i know you're not an expert do you think the 21st of june freedom day is going to happen i don't think so i haven't had time to listen to a great deal of news i've got to say we've been really busy haven't we Mm -hmm. um i would say for me i don't think it should happen um I don't think we're ready yet for that final jump. Well, we were if they hadn't let the Indian variant in and let rip the way it has done. Um, Mm. I think the only reason they're probably going to delay is that to get more people vaccinated. Um, But Mm. did you see 
you know, there's been all this PR that the young young people don't want it. Mm. But the other day when they opened it from 25 to 29-year-olds, their website crashed. Rush. And it was like 1.2 million people booked their vaccine. Like, I do think from – I don't know if it's just the people that I'm surrounded by, but youngsters are just dying for normality. And if it means that we need a vaccine, we're more than happy to – Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just think – but I have a feeling it's not. it's not going to – I don't well, know if there'll I be like a, I wonder if there'll be like a next step and then there'll be a final unlocking because he might say, Oh, I don't know, theatres can open or something else, but I don't see nightclubs and all that kind of stuff. Um But then you've vaccinated everybody vulnerable pretty much. So at some point we need to have a discussion as a society, you know, what kind of level of I know it sounds awful, but what kind of level of deaths do we accept? Because we've accepted that we're never getting rid of it. So there has to be a point where we decide what is an acceptable level. Um, Yeah, and people think that's rather mercenary, don't they? But there's obviously a level of deaths every year from the the traditional flu virus. Um, We don't hear people, you know, going crazy about that because we've obviously got used to the fact that that's around us all the time, even with the flu vaccination. Um, so this is just another one, I guess, to add to that list. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, as you know, I was away at the weekend as well. I was in York and um, the places that we we were going to, the restaurants, whatever, pre-booked, all very safe, you know, all what we've come to expect as the norm. But, on the Saturday, the traditional walking around, um, you know, York City Centre, which we love, I felt very uncomfortable because it was just as busy as you, you know, if you remember, I was in York just before the first lockdown, just as it was starting to happen. And we got yeah. some amazing, your dad and I got some amazing pictures, didn't we, of, you know, the shambles with hardly a person in it, you know, those amazing famous streets old streets of york you sort of think those sort of pictures that we sort of got used to seeing that we'd never seen before and then on saturday it seemed like we were back to normal your dad and i actually put our masks on when we were walking through places because the level of closeness felt really uncomfortable after all this time and it just seemed like people were just not bothered about masks um well because the nut you I very rarely wear mine outside anymore. It just felt we were we were in touching distance of people. You know, you know what those streets are like. Those old. So why did you feel vulnerable though? Because we were so close to people, even though we were. No, outside. I know, but why? Because that's going to be. We are going to get back to that at some point. So I'm trying. I'm just well, asking. We've been, like, well, why? we've been taught that being close to people is not good for us. Right. That's why we've all been isolating for all these months. So the fact that we were walking in those old streets that have the overhanging buildings and you get so close to people, you know, shoulder to shoulder, um, as you're passing through some of them, it was like, oh, this is a bit weird. Let's put our masks on. Whether we were right or wrong of putting out, you know, there's there's still lots of debate around that from the, the... science community isn't there you know you people vehemently saying that you know masks don't work they're a waste of time um so yeah whether we were right or wrong because we've been 
trained almost to be wearing those now, we did it. Um, well, I can also say that... Um, so I've noticed in the last few weeks in particular that on my Twitter feed, there's a lot more people of my age that are getting it again. Really? Yeah. Loads. I know loads of people who know somebody who's self-isolating and stuff. Yeah. Well, so they've definitely... had it before and they're getting it again? No, they're just people who've, like, just people are getting it. Oh, right. I thought you meant they'd had it and they were getting it Well, they it might again. have had it before because it, like, but, like, I know yeah. and there's a lot more There's a lot more people that I know that are having to self-isolate. But I'll be honest, if the NHS app told me to self-isolate, it would be a very bitter pill to swallow. Because I've got both vaccine doses. I've got tests in my bedroom, so I could keep testing myself to see if I've got it. So why on earth would I isolate my... I don't isolate myself if somebody's got the flu. It's interesting, though, that you say that you're noticing that, you know, people who are part of your demographic um, are getting it, whether it's the first or second time. I I presume it would be the first time. Because I'm not seeing that at all from... You know, my social circles. Well, that's obviously because primarily my generation aren't vaccinated yet. Yeah, they? exactly. Yeah, that's, um, that's exactly what it means. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing because, yes, if it's in circulation, it can mutate and we can get another bloody mutation that might not work with the vaccine. But at least you're you're not seeing that amongst your peers because I certainly am like if I go on Twitter now I could probably tell you I could probably see quite a few people that are having a whinge about how bad the COVID symptoms are so yeah oh let's move on because we I do feel like we spend a lot of time on this well yeah well yeah we did so um I know so we're debating whether or not restrictions are going to fully lift um I have come up with a marketing campaign to kind of celebrate the end of restrictions um, because whilst it might not be Freedom Day on the 21st of June, I think we can argue that life doesn't... I, we're not in lockdown anymore, are we? Certainly not. Um, life does feel a lot more normal. So to celebrate that, we're kind of looking backwards um, as a business and seeing how thankful we are for digital um, so I've come up with a campaign called Hashtag Thankful for Digital, um, and it's to encourage people to just put a little clip, um, you know, 30-second to a minute clip on their social media just saying why we're thankful for digital with a pandemic slant. So, you know, some people have been able to stay in touch with loved ones on the other side of the planet that they might have had a holiday booked in to see. Um, we've stayed in touch a lot more when I came back to Leeds. We've been able to continue on with our business because of tech and just all the little things. Um, you could say, you know, how would you oh, suppose newspapers would have organised the clap for carers every week, wouldn't they? But just all that kind of how digital is allowed. So as this, when this podcast goes out next week, which will be week commencing the 14th, yeah? Yeah. Um, as this goes out, look on our socials because I'll be releasing the first video of me saying what I'm thankful for and I'll be encouraging everyone. And I'd love to see listeners to this podcast take part as well and make sure you tag at the digital gene. Um, but yes, um, that's that. Other other quick 
I know we like to do recommendations, what we've been watching, what we've been up to. I went to see A Quiet Place 2 the other night at the cinema with some friends and it was so much fun because it was really quite tense and scary and all of us were sat there kind of like screaming a little bit. Um, So that's my recommendation. Go see that. Um, And we've discussed in the past how um, the cinema industry and how that will change, but... A Quiet Place 2 is doing phenomenal money in the US and here, and it just proves that people do still want to go to the cinema. Well, so. I haven't got any recommendations, but I'm going to take you up on your recommendation, and your dad and I are going to see A Quiet Place at the weekend. Yeah. Um, because I love the first one, and we also went to the cinema, didn't we, In when we were allowed to go to the cinema at some point in the summer last year, and we actually found it, in the height of that, one of the safest places to be. We thought it was really well organised. And I can't wait to get back into the cinema. There's quite a few movies coming up. I also haven't had the opportunity to see Cruella yet, which I really want to see. Um, so, yeah, I'm keen. So we are taking you up on that recommendation. And and there's that. Back. There's the new, uh, it doesn't come out till next week. So when this podcast goes out, The Father with Tony, Anthony Hopkins. Tony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's on um, the list as well. So we're just keen. Yeah. I said to your dad, let's do that. This is the first weekend in a few weeks where we haven't had something rock solid planned with other people. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna use it and we're gonna go to we're gonna go on a cinema date. Oh, cute. cute. Right. Should we move should we move on to all our topics for discussion then? We should, yeah. You might think it's strange that a web design company would talk about Google ads and Facebook advertising in the same sentence as the design of your website. My career history at the Digital Gene is deeply embedded in the client side of running online businesses in various industries, including e-commerce. I've worked with some great agencies over the years and I learned on the job how important landing pages are to the success of an ad and your return on ad spend. Read my latest blog post about why a poorly designed website might be eating into your Google ad spend. So um, this week, there was a big blackout of loads of major news websites. Uh, Websites that went down include Amazon, Reddit, Twitch, the UK's government website, the FT, the Guardian, the New York Times, um, other uh, PayPal, Shopify, BBC, HBO Max, Vimeo, which I just found. I thought we were under some form of terrorist attack, you know. Do you remember we were on a team meeting at the time, I think, weren't yeah. we? And um, I can't, I think it was your dad came in with his iPad and said, sorry to interrupt your Zoom, but have you noticed this? Um, that's such a dad thing to do like like break his neck to run up with his ipad exactly and and thankfully the comms channel that we use for our team meetings discord which i think you've promoted on our newsletter this week haven't you um didn't surprisingly didn't go down so it wasn't hosted by fastly um but I, i don't think i'd actually ever heard of this company and to think that they are responsible for all of those um platforms was just amazing mm. um yeah. and yeah it felt like the world the end like you know 
you're talking about a pandemic and everything, and then oh my god, now all of the internet practically is down. What's going it was on? Just, it was just um, the way it was all the news sites, and I was like, yeah, be rational, Declan. Probably a lot of them are all hosted maybe on the same server, so that would make sense. But just it was all these different news sites from different countries, and I thought, oh, I w- that's quite a clever way to be attacked because it stops people getting news and updates and all sorts but um in the article that i will put in the show notes a bbc article it said a cyber specialist said this highlights the importance and significance of these vast hosting companies and what they represent um somebody else's software testing expert said it highlights the growing ecosystem of complex and coupled components that are involved in delivering internet services because of this outages are increasingly hitting multiple sites and services at the same time um so in most cases, services are only affected for a short time and data is easily, retri- easily retrievable. Far from being a cause for concern, it shows the resilience of the network that it can recover so quickly. Um, it is estimated that even an hour's worth of downtime could cost companies up to £176,000, and some lawyers think there could be compensation claims. Yeah, well, I know oh. in um, you know in, in some of the uh, businesses that I've worked in, throughout my career um there has actually been some service level agreements where if there's any outage that you know they get paid well yeah imagine provider imagine your web imagine if amazon was down on black friday oh you know like it would would cost them billions i mean not that amazon you know i'm not using them as a pillar of kind of their business model is a bit questionable sometimes, but um, yeah, or it's even allowing, just... it's allowing him to go sightseeing in space with his brother. Yes, so so yeah. I've so I've seen, yeah, mm. um, but yeah, the way that happened, I thought nothing would shock me anymore with COVID. Nothing shocks we me. Be surprised, would we? If it had been a terrorist no. attack, we I don't think no. we would have been surprised. Honestly, at this point, and I was when I was watching a Quiet Place the other day because it opens, it shows you what the day one was like. Mm. Um, it's in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling it. But um, I was like, "This wouldn't even shock me either." <laughs> if some they, they they came down on like what looked like asteroids, are we unshockable now? Is that what you're saying? I just think, yeah, I just this, think this whatever. This pandemic made us sort of unshockable. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, just whatever. I'd be like, right, okay. Great. Yeah, um, I mean, to think that those, you know, when you see images, videos, and and photographs of places like New York being empty throughout the pandemic, those, you know, those streets and Times Square and everything. It's like you couldn't make that up, could you? That 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 is the that is the content of a major blockbuster, isn't it? And yeah. now and now it's it's been everyday life for us for the past year and a bit. Yeah. Um so you you spot on there, Dex you all, we almost feel unshockable now, like we've been desensitized to anything that could come our way because who ever thought that could happen? Um, well, I know, especially my generation, probably yours as well. Like I always thought, probably apart from the, the climate crisis and what that what could potentially follow from that as I get older, I always thought all these kind of big things were parts of history, you know, like World War II, we'll, have, we'll never live through anything like that, or Spanish flu, we'll never live... I don't know, and we have collectively all gone through something. So, but yeah, um, it was interesting to just see all those websites go down. Um, just felt feels a bit bizarre because you just think 
it's always going to be there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like trying to get on the Guardian's website and it was down or, yeah. Um, But that's interesting about how some lawyers think there should be some compensation claims. Where there's a blame, there's a claim for everything. Isn't that? It's made me think about it's made me think about our own contracts. <laughs> to be fair, um, especially ecom clients, like yeah, yeah. I mean, lots lots of places where I've worked, that has been part of the you know the service level agreement that there's some level of compensation if there's any major downtime. And for a long time, we've always thought you know the way that all of this cloud hosting works now, there's there's very little. Um, there is generally very little downtime on on your on you know your everyday type hosting, but obviously this is this is levels above you know up above from that, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's quite scary that it can all be off in seconds. Yeah. It, it's almost as you know you can imagine what that must be to some degree. What it must be like living in those countries where they don't allow the the internet, um, like nothing is there for you. When we we're all just so used to it because we've we've fed it, you know, every minute of the day, aren't we? We are. We certainly are. So Very speaking about we, us being fed it every hour of the day, mm. um, in the shock to no one, the next article that we're discussing is an Ofcom report that the pandemic has accelerated the UK's shift online. Um, UK adults, there's some quite mind-blowing facts in this and some quite funny ones, but UK adults spent on average three hours and 47 minutes online every day during the pandemic. Um, that that's was a long hour. time. I know, that's when an hour longer. When they Hello. talk about when they talk about online, I'm guessing they're talking about streaming as well there. Probably, so it's, yeah. not, it's not all that, like... It's not, I guess, it's not a long time when you think it's maybe you've streamed a couple of movies in that day. And, like, our phones have got everything in. I think people say, oh, you're always on your phone, and, yeah, it's probably primarily spent on social media. But they've got everything on them, everything you need for life. Like, well, yeah, it's, a, it's a computer in your pocket, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. But, mm. but what? So we were an hour longer than adults in Germany and France. So I don't know what kept them more occupied during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> online shopping sales in the UK rose by 48%. Um, let me see. I'll throw some. 62% of adults and 92% of 16 to 24 year olds said they played computer games. Um, Zoom had extraordinary growth. Again, not a shock to anybody. Uh, for a few hundred thousand users in the first two months to 13 million. Um, yeah, well, we were talking May. on the last episode about that uh, Zoom competitor, weren't we? How much that had yeah. grown throughout the pandemic. Oh, hopping, yeah. Hopping, that's it, yeah. The report, TikTok growth, the report found many users were glued to their phones. Um, TikTok grew rapidly. Um, three, mid- three million adult visitors in September 2019 and then it grew to 14 million by March this year. So it's grown like massively. Mm. Um, young adults aged 18 to 24 more than doubled the, ta- the time they spent on TikTok um, from 17 minutes to 38 minutes. Um, yeah, so that's that bit first. So I'm not shocked that TikTok. I, well. I'm shocked that a social media platform has been able to come along and kind of, because I thought there will never be another big one, if you get mm. me. 
And I thought kind of what we've got kind of covers every form of content. But I guess TikTok went into Vines, tapped into Vines loss, and then also looked at the generate the younger generation saw that the other social media platforms weren't delivering on true short form content in the best way. Mm. Um, but then some things fail, don't they? Like how we talked about Quibi before, that was TV episodes you could only get on your phone that were like less than 10 minutes. Why did that fail? But then, like, I even I love TikTok and I'm probably not its... Um, well, I'm not. I'm not a creator on TikTok because I've got enough to do. I, sp- I still hang out most of my time on Instagram, um, mm. which I have a love hate relationship with. Um, but I actually, I absolutely adore some of the content that some people, you know, so I, do I. I view it. The content's amazing, and and it's it's like what I've got to say about lots of people. If you've if you've got a phone, and you know you can create content, it enables you to do some amazing stuff. Yeah, and it's it's allowing it's giving people that opportunity, isn't it? You know, if you if you're half decent at baking cakes, you can you can create some amazing, you know, videos about that that are fun and engaging. And well, that's what that's one of the top things I like. So I like I save recipes loads on TikTok because mm. you've got it there. It's like less than a sixty second, and it shows you how good like yeah all the ingredients quickly put yeah. together. Boom! Oh, there's it. there's the end result. You're like, oh god, yeah. I'm salivating like that. Yeah, <laughs> and then I really like there's some travel pieces, so it'll be like a quick TikTok that this is a thing to do in London, and it'll be like a really cool attraction that you've or a really cool bar or a really cool hidden gem that you've not heard of. I saved loads of them. Um, uh, so yeah. And I used to like all the, in, in the height of lockdown, um, I used to like all the, um, dancers, you know, oh, the, 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 the dance. I just used to love watching people. Oh, having, damn that. I know you don't. No, you did. There was a time that you were home and I said, can't we do one? And, and you were all like, no, definitely. No. And but I just think I had fun watching people have fun because we weren't out there having fun, were we? Um, and I think maybe that's some of the reason why it's been so popular that we could actually engage with people and see see each other having fun when in reality yeah. we weren't actually having fun. We we weren't socialising to the extent where we would normally have fun. Um, oh, I think it's kind of that's one negative of TikTok. I think it's. There's elements of the music industry now where when you hear a song, you can tell they've made it thinking people can do a TikTok dance to this. And I find it the most cringeworthy thing, like, going. So, yeah. The next part of the article says about misinformation, but um, just that 46% of UK adults who looked for information about the pandemic said they found misleading or untrue information. Um, so it does find that people do use social media platforms as a as a means to get information. However, only sixteen percent of people who use Facebook for information about COVID nineteen said they trusted it as a source. So it's funny, like people are going to potentially nearly at least let's say loads of people, more than sixteen percent of the population are going to Facebook for information, but only sixteen percent saying they trust it so why bother well for me i don't actually go to facebook for information like just there 
because it's just there and you might see something. Um, and I've actually said to, to your dad a few times, have you verified that? Because then I'll go and verify it in a news source that I trust um, because I have a distrust of Facebook and because I know how easily people share stuff when they haven't verified it. It's like those old, um, you know, when you see suddenly people commenting on posts that are like five years old. And then, uh, yeah. And then somebody will go, this was five years ago. And you just yeah. think, they've not, you know, it's just, I, I can pick out, I could give you names of people now who I see regularly doing that. And I'm just like, you know, so, somebody somebody shared something a couple of months ago, somebody that I know, and I actually went on and said, you know, this is not true. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I saw the post that they'd shared disappear. They didn't reply to me, but I saw that they obviously deleted it. Oh, such um, a desperate sometimes. It's like, I saw a funny, like, I follow a few, like, meme accounts where they've cribbed a Facebook comment or something and somebody had said, oh, just got called racist in McDonald's. And his mate was like, what happened? And then he said, oh, just got called racist in McDonald's. And he was like, yeah, but why? Because I was racist. <laughs> just thought people just shouldn't have social media. People just shouldn't have like... access to stuff. It's, so, <laughs> it's just shit, isn't it? Just, yeah. Sometimes. So boring. Like, yeah. And I see people comment on stuff and I think, oh, you are you just there waiting to write some shit on somebody's post? And I mean, just like, like thinking they're trying to be helpful, but I'm like, what is that comment about? That comment means nothing. I know. Isn't it's it commenting for commenting's sake. Isn't it mad that we do it though? Like why? So let's say even me. So I might tweet on it. If I'm watching Andrew Marr on a Sunday morning, I might tweet my opinion. Why? What does my opinion add to anything? Because we, it makes us feel like we're all important now. I know, but it's so... You know, somebody out there should value our opinion. Is it, is it like us doing this podcast? Who gives a shit what we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to have a good natter that we don't normally get chance to have. Yeah. Um, but you just think, like... All of a sudden, people think they're important enough to have their own YouTube video, important enough to have their own podcast. I am. I don't, mind, I don't mind it. I don't mind it as long as you've got like an ounce of self awareness to it. Like yeah. you've just joked there saying, "Who gives a shit what we say?" Like it's yeah. funny. Yeah. You know, if people listen in, great. But realistically, nobody cares what our opinion are. It's you know, I've, I've often had it on my Instagram. Some of some of the influencers that I know. Um, and you know, they might be working with a brand or often a lot of them do competition after competition because that's how they're growing their following. Um, and they'll actually message me and go like, and share this competition, will you? And I'm like, Bar off. if I was interested, yes. And whilst I want to support my friends in any ventures that they have, I actually don't know you. I'm yeah. just a, I'm just a follower. It means nothing, you know. Some somebody unfollowed me on Instagram, who you know I've chatted loads to. Never met in real life. There was an opportunity. The the bloggers um, event, not an event. The bloggers meetup that we had 
um, in December 2019 in London. Um, unfortunately, she couldn't make that. So there was a, there was an opportunity where I thought I was going to meet her. I suddenly realised a few months ago that she'd unfollowed me. I was just like, oh, I wonder where she's gone. I hope she's okay. Went on and thought, oh, she's unfollowed me. Um, and you and at the end of the day, even the people that we know in real life, we don't really know. So how are we ever going to really know the people? You know, I've actually made some great friends and made some great connections on social media. There is the capability of that, but it it, it is also not real in many respects. Um, mm. And this this filtered look on life that it portrays. But yeah, Facebook is a bit of a cesspit for sure. Um, people just commenting on shit on there. Just, just get your act together and check your source, please, before you start saying that this is that or that's this. It's crazy. Crazy. Oh, I won't. So the article's got two more bits. Um, I won't get into the digital divide because we've talked about that loads in the past about um, that's the next big, you know, how digital, these bloody Invisalign, how digitally literate you are will be the next big gap in in people's knowledge and people left behind but mm-hmm. Pornhub have also given yeah, some I mean, data. That, fascinated, that fascinated um, me nearly half of UK adults I didn't think that would I thought that was low <laughs> you thought that was low I did yeah I think people have been locked up like well, I suppose if you're locked up with your significant other, it's well, you, not like yeah, you would think if you're locked up with your significant other and you, you've got the well, maybe you're watching porn together. That's always a thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> our sex life is a bit boring. Let's let's you know stick some porn on. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I guess it's going to rise, isn't it? If people, like you say, are streaming stuff, then it's it's it makes sense that that would rise, doesn't it? Yeah, and also if people aren't getting out on a weekend, um, <laughs> you know, for their whatever, <laughs> it was interesting. Like Pornhub, which is obviously the the largest site, said um, half of UK, half of all UK online men visited, but just over one in six of online women. And I thought, wait, like I don't, I don't get that, but I, I probably do get that because it is all primarily a lot of it is catered towards a male the male gaze isn't it it's horrible yeah and um, that's a, that's a, that's another really good topic for discussion because um a lot of porn content not that i'm an you know an expert on this and like there's no problem if i was um but i feel as if a lot of it is not geared to the to women it's not at all it objectifies women exactly and that's why we've got a problem with education i don't know if we said that i don't know if we've said it privately before but i've said that um i think parents in the uk need to have a conversation with themselves and and know that at some point my child is going to have sex so we need to as a society, have a discussion that say we need to teach it probably from an age that probably makes you feel uncomfortable in a way, mm-hmm. and and what 
healthy like what a healthy relationship is and what consent is and whatever like from a uncom and from an age that would probably make you feel uncomfortable um well do you remember there was a raft of um a raft of adverts a few years ago about you know and it was showing you like a a girl and a boy in different scenarios and you know the girl feeling oh, yeah. uncomfortable she didn't yeah. want to do so and, and i think that's great i think kids should be taught that kids because it is all around that consent issue isn't it um and just end up young young men in particular just end up turning to porn and then thinking that's the realistic that's how you treat um, yeah yeah it's vile and it's that's so vile. That, that's what a relationship looks like and, that, and that's all down to because we've we're naturally this conservative country that can't talk about it like you can't talk about that it's what, it's what you do like we just need to have an overall healthier relationship with it um for sure yeah but i think yeah. we could go on about this oh, we could, that, could, that could be so, a whole topic that definitely yeah lockdowns are lifting life is a bit more normal again whatever normal means here at the digital gene we're looking back over the last 15 months We're thankful for how tech and digital has allowed us to keep in touch with our loved ones and to continue on with our businesses. That's why we're launching our hashtag thankful for digital campaign. We're encouraging people to share a short video on social as to why you're thankful for digital in relation to the pandemic. We'd love to hear your anecdotes. Share on any social platform and tag at the digital gene whilst using the hashtag thankful for digital. We'd love to see you all getting involved. So let's just quickly move on then um, to foreign holidays. Um, Portugal was on the green list for a week (laughs) or two and then went to Amber. And you know what? I do not feel sorry for anyone who's booked a holiday. I really don't. Like, if you book a holiday, you know you're booking it. In my eyes, you're booking it knowing that you might, that country by the time you visit or even when you're there might move to a different colour yeah I mean I was laughing at I did I did see a brief couple of interviews and some people in the in the line to come back home from Portugal at the airport um I don't know whether it was the local or the national news and you know this woman was kicking off on there since disgraceful it's disgraceful well well how do they draw the line how do they draw the line about what day and what time it is to say after this yeah after this this is what's going to happen there has to be a line drawn in the sand somewhere but for me after a major global pandemic that none of us in living history have ever lived through before and you are concerned about whether you can get back from your holiday or not surely you have got half a brain cell to understand that there possibly would be problems what i find a little bit strange is it somehow feels like this summer is worse than last summer when millions of people around the world are vaccinated, but I'm guessing we've all just kind of learned our lesson that obviously travel spreads spreads it and also spreads different variants. But like I think at the weekend the Justice the Environment Secretary, George Eustace, was on some show and he was encouraging people in the UK to holiday in the UK again. Like there's no just but then obviously the travel industry, but they have had a lot of help. Like, of course they've had a lot of help. And, you know, when we can go again, 
Probably those, it, you know, it's like it's like the hairdressers. You know that when the hairdressers opened back up, it was like it was their Christmases all over again. And yeah. so when we can all travel again, you know, obviously there will be some casualties. I'm sure there are always casualties in everything. You know, just as some people will have actually really done well out of the pandemic. For you know, if you're a supplier of PPE, look how well you've done out of a pandemic. Yeah. There will always be winners and losers. But I just feel. Like, use your noddle. No. <laughs> I've never heard that said. Use your noddle. Your noddle. Use your brain. Like, there I've are going to be problems if you're trying to go abroad. You know, the whole world has been in lockdown. It cannot just be lifted that easily when we still don't, you know, we've learned a lot about the actual virus, but we, we don't know enough about its mutations. And, you know, governments are going to want to protect its citizens if something goes wrong. Whether they do it too late or not, yeah, we're learning that the hard way already, aren't we? Um, what's funny is, what is funny is when, just because we put a country on green, they, at the minute, they don't want us to go because of we've let the Indian variant let rip in our country as much as we have done. So, I mean, I've got to just, admit, Dex, I would love to be... So somewhere. would I. So, so would I. Look, what I'm saying is, if you went somewhere now, how quiet it is. It's like you'd have the beach to yourself type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Some of these places, you know, some of these places that are really crowded. And when you get there, you think, oh, this was a bad idea because it's heaving. Yeah. Um, but to think if you could put yourself in there now, um, time travel and think, oh, I've got this place practically to myself. Or do you remember that time when we went to, um, oh, no, that wasn't you that time. The queue that we had to be in for the Vatican. Like if I could time travel now to the Vatican, that queue's tiny, potentially, isn't it? Um, you know, going to, to all of those like city breaks and being with all of those thousands and thousands of people who wanted to do the same thing as you. I just think, oh, it'd be amazing if you could just be there now when it's empty, which isn't good for them, but would be amazing for me. Um, so yeah, I do feel you've got to take roll with the punches if, if this is what you want to do. If you want a holiday, of course, we're all like it. I I couldn't think of anything better than being laid by a pool with a pina colada right now. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, take, if you want to do that, there is, there's going to be something that goes with it that potentially isn't good. Yeah. So. Let's move on. Do you care about swearing? Not as much as I used to. Good, because you shouldn't. Um, shouldn't I? Well, I don't. Who cares? Honestly. Like, it's all this bullshit that I'm swearing. But like, I mean, we swear a fair bit on here. But I mean, like, not, not so... lots, but we do swear if we feel as if there's, you know, if the mood strikes as if we... You know, when I was a kid or when I was a young adult, I used to be told that if I had to swear in a sentence, you know, if I was speaking and I had to swear in it, that I wasn't using my brain enough to think of a better word. Yeah, I've heard that. But I think also, on the other hand, like, what if, how do I say this? Um, Some people then say, oh, swearing is, like, natural and you need it to, like, express your kind of emotions. But thing is what this article said, but I think this is funny, asking British people if they swear. (laughs) And I'm giving first-hand experience here. Some people will lie and say that they don't swear, and I know that they do. 
So mm-hmm. um, I think this data is probably quite skewed anyway. But six in ten people say strong language such as the F word is part of their daily lives. So that's mm-hmm. quite high. Mm-hmm. About a third of people say they use strong language more than they did five years ago. Somebody said to me, do you swear more than you did five years ago? I wouldn't know whether – I wouldn't. How I do you know that? A, I wouldn't have a clue. It would be somebody no. else who would have to, have to tell me that. There is a generation divide when it comes to swearing with 46% of Generation Z's people born after 96 saying they frequently use strong language compared to 12% of people aged 55 to 64. Oh, that's your age bracket. You're so conservative, aren't you, your age group? Asked about swear, asking about swearing in public, 65% of over 55 say they would never do it. For 18 to 24-year-olds, it goes down to 25%. Most parents don't want their kids hearing them swear with only one in five admitting they are comfortable using strong language in the home. Who's bothered? Honestly. Like, I mean, I must I admit, don't... we 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 weren't, growing up, we weren't really uh, a household that swore. If there, if there was any swearing, you, you sort of, you and your brother would know that mum or dad was really angry about something. You always used to replace it as well. Like I always remember my dad saying sugar instead of shit <laughs> all the time. Yeah, like, and I mean yeah. it's, it's just the way we've be, we'd been brought up. Um as a as an as somebody in that category, as you said, the um the twelve percent of people aged fifty-five to sixty-four. Whew, put myself in that category. I'm not sure I like that. Um I can't beat a good swear. Mm. I really like using a good fuck <laughs> now and again. <laughs> I really do, I've got to say. There are some words that just can't be replaced. And if you remember, we've 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 got a really good word that we only say for very special people, haven't we? Um, oh, yeah. Um, and I'd never in my life growing up thought I would ever use the C word in front of my mother. But there's just a select few people. <laughs> But, that we deem really deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, and they are yeah. very, very few and far between. But yeah, I, I like the use of the f word sometimes. Um, in certain scenarios, there are just there are just sometimes where no other word will do. What I don't like is the people who use it in their normal conversation. Um, I don't really like that, and and I. And I I can't honestly say why. I like to use it as an expletive when I'm really happy about something, really frightened or really angry. Um, I I don't really use it in my everyday language. Mm. And I think you're like that. I don't really hear use. It depends who I'm around. I don't swear a lot in front of in certain situations, but if I'm with, um, and I I do sense myself like. If I know that there's children around me, I won't be effing and, effing and jeffing, as they say. Effing and um, jeffing. Because I think that's a bit, like, yeah. I don't know. I suppose I don't know why. But I was wondering if, you know, the whole digital world is kind of making it more of a thing. Um, mm. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, Um it's interesting one, isn't it? It's it's like you know you, you almost feel a a lot of these barriers are being broken down recently. 
Mm. Um, it's like the next topic that we're going to move on to. We'll move on to it, it then. So it's, obviously, yeah, well. it's it's funny, isn't it, that all of these things now are open to discussion, like swearing and you know kids being seen and not heard, and all of those types of things that were always adult material um, that we're opening up the the conversations about and breaking down barriers on, and it leads quite nicely into we did speak last time um, about the gender pronouns. Uh, I was going to call it a situation. The the gender pronouns explanation. If I I almost feel like there should be an explanation video made because we chatted last time about I have got no problem whatsoever with it. In fact, I'm pretty close to putting she her on my own socials. Do um, it. Yeah, I am. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's fascinating. I think there's there. There is no reason why how you want to be perceived in, um, you know, in the world as something that's different to how you were born. I've got no problems if that's the case. I really like being educated. The only thing I couldn't get my head round was how do we use plural, what we've always deemed as a plural word for a person, a singular person. Um mm-hmm. And you sent me a little voice recording of, of an explanation from your friend in the week, didn't you, about how? And I was like, yeah, that's another great. It's just me getting my head around something that hasn't been the norm for me. It doesn't mean that I don't agree with it. it doesn't that, and, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. But this article was, um, it, it, further from the truth, as I should say, it's just my understanding of it. Um, and this article on HuffPost was, um, how to tell your parents that gender pronouns matter. Um, and it, it's sort of like, it sort of felt the way that the author was writing it was a little bit about, you know, our own scenario. While we like to think that we are progressive, open-minded parents, again, the um, parents of, of the author seem to struggle very much like I did as to how you are using a plural word for somebody that is a singular um, and I guess it's just, it's just language. It's just language, isn't it? Like your brother said to me, well, it's, it's just a new usage of words. Doesn't mean to say it's wrong. It's just as language develops, that's what we're choosing to use as a description. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I quite like that. It's just, you know, when you've, when you've got a brain that has been em- embedded with something and i guess you could you could relate it all to you know being a white person and understanding you know a a person of color's struggle in life it's all of that it it all relates to those types of um you know ways that we've been brought up and conditioned our brains and our minds have been conditioned so we've got to try and change that um have you watched this week's Real Housewives of yes, New York? I, I was oh just my thinking God. about it. I was just thinking so about it was that's so, the very same I was thing. Howling, not at the whole. So Heather, she was trying to be like, I'm so on your side. I know exactly what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Then she went to the Ebony, who was the black cast member. Mm. She said, she went, she went, oh, you're so articulate. And I thought, and then I thought, well, you clearly don't get that that's a microaggression because... It's 
it's just a bit um what's the word i'm looking for what's the word mum help me say it again so she said oh you're so articulate Mm. what's the word condescending oh right okay yeah 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 they were all acting a bit acting out sort of a karen scenario weren't they um and and then you know in some i could also luan how she was you know acting like the the duchess is it is it the duchess that she used to countess countess that's it and i can also see because again it's about how we as a culture have been conditioned to think Mm. um and it but but it's the fact of being open-minded enough to say, explain it to me then. Explain it to me then because I don't I don't want to be like this anymore. Please explain mm-hmm. it to me and how can I not make you feel like that? Yeah. Um and basically in this in this article um about you know telling your parents that gender pronouns matter, what was really insightful for me was this little paragraph where it's, she said she or he or they or them, whatever they were. In our nuclear family, we each happen to feel that the sex we were assigned at birth matches our gender identity. I know that you are rarely confronted with conversations about gender pronouns in your work or personal life. But now these conversations are a part of our lives because I am part of your life and I am queer. People who are non-binary and transgender are part of my life. And in the spirit of openness that you've instilled in me, I share my queer life with you. Um, oh, that's nice. And I just thought that was such a lovely way. And and the fact that, you know, what had, what had basically happened with the author was the night before uh, the parent or parents had said to the friend, is there another pronoun that I can use for you? Because I don't really get this one about, you know, it's a plural one. Um, mm-hmm. And the next day the author wrote this letter to her parents because they felt that, you know, that that was a bit of an insult saying that. And I thought, it's not an insult. It's just we need more insight as to how that works. Yeah. Because we would never, yeah. as parents, we would never go, we would never in any shape or form insult somebody for, you know, definitely not a friend. You know, you bringing somebody into into the house to meet us, bringing them to our family home, definitely never. Like, wouldn't even want to do it to a stranger, never mind somebody coming to meet us but it's it's education but what i actually love is the fact that many many of us seem open to being educated more and i think that's a good thing it's a it's unfortunate that um the way that cancel culture has gone um that and snowflake culture probably more than cancel that some people hear these things and they just roll their eyes thinking, oh, it's just PC gone too far, blah, blah, blah. And it's really, it's really not. It's really not. It's just about actually being a bit more inclusive because the world that we've grown up with has um, excluded so many people for so long. So, you know, and that cancel culture is just, is just the shutters coming down. It's like, to me, how I feel it is, is just, um, Oh no 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 no! Let's put the shutters down. We don't want to discuss that. We don't know. We don't know how to discuss it, so we're not going to discuss it. And let's just pull the shutters down on that one. Um, saying it's all gone too far. You hear people saying it all the time. Oh, it's all gone too far. This stuff. Um, you know, use. I've heard many people say, "Oh, all of this taking down the statues has gone too far." 
Um, yeah. Well, actually, it needs to go further. And, you know, asking where a certain statue should be, yes, it should be in a museum. It shouldn't be somewhere on a plinth because the people who used to idolise that person didn't probably know at the time that that was wrong what they were doing. Um, but now we know better. So that should be in a museum and it should be part of the, the history, the storytelling about where, you know, who that person was. Um, yeah. And again, it's just moving on. But there's always going to be people who want to pull those shutters down and say, this has gone too far for me personally. And I know speaking on your dad's behalf as well, because we've had conversations about it. We really are just open to learning more about it all. I love that. And I love the growth between two episodes. Yay! Nice. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, Are we done? Because I'm not going to do, I'm going to cancel the business ethics. Oh, you cancelled it last time. I know, but I'm going to again, because we've been an hour and I really don't want it. And it, we always so what have I'll so do, much to talk about text. Why don't we make that at the beginning next time? Well, not even at the beginning. What I'll do is I'll literally only look for like three topics to discuss next yeah, time. Yeah, like I won't we do have so too many. many topics because when you and I get into things, chatting and and then we digress slightly. And and I think this week we, we've been pretty quick, but we've still managed to talk quite a bit. It's an hour, pretty much now. Well, so. you know how long we could sit and chat for. I, this, I think we should have one of those. We should have a podcast where it's like round our, our family table because those discussions, like their oh podcast, we'll be there for hours. Do you remember they're, that interesting. Time of... they're interesting, though, aren't they? They are. They are. Not to us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. not to the general public. Everyone will be like, God, they're a bunch of the royal bonkers, them lot. You could swear they're oh. a bunch of effing weirdos. <laughs> oh, I swore. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Right, we're done. So thank you for listening to this episode of It's In The Jeans podcast. You can follow us both on... No. I was like, you can follow us both on Twitter, at Declan Williams. I was like, that includes all my personalities again, like one of those jokes. You can follow us both on Twitter, <laughs> at Declan E. Williams. And you are, what are you, Mum? Before end date. Um, we are at It's In The Jeans Pod on Instagram and Nobody in incidentally does Twitter. follow me on Twitter after this by the way. My Twitter well, following never grows. It's not my favourite platform at all. Oh, oh. oh, oh. Follow our business at, at, at The Digital Gene. Um, yeah, look out for that hashtag thankful for digital campaign going live next week um, and also like, share and write a review of this podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.